Hey, this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our spotlight is on energy healing. My guest is New York Times bestselling author Deborah King. She was a successful attorney in her 20s and then was diagnosed with cancer, and she went on a search for the truth in a healing process that radically changed her life. Instead of undergoing invasive surgery, she turned to alternative medicine and had an amazing remission. She's mastered ancient and modern healing methods and developed her own techniques. Her best-selling book, Be Your Own Shaman, and another book, Truth Heals, takes you behind the scenes into the world of energy medicine. Her newest book, Entangled in Darkness, Seeking the Light, is just awesome. I've read it. You can find resources at DebraKingCenter.com. This is a fascinating interview. You'll enjoy. Deborah King, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I was reading your book, which is awesome, Entangled in Darkness, Seeking the Light, and I read a little bit about your background. I wanted you to introduce yourself to our audience and let us know what you do and where you're from. Well, I'm from California, but I'm not there very often. You know how that is, Sabrina. I kind of live on the road these days. Yeah. (laughs) I can relate. Well, I was a young... um, hard-charging, fast-moving lawyer, and I hit 25, and I woke up with cancer one day, and I was like, whoa, what's wrong with this picture? (laughs) Did not seem like a a fun thing, a good place to be, and I really got off the fast track and kind of looked at myself and realized how I was band-aiding all my emotions. I wasn't addressing them. No wonder I was sick. And I, I'd had an abusive childhood, and I, you know, just band-aided that. Mm-hmm. Covered it all up with a lot of alcohol and a, a lot of Valium, and you know, and just kept kept moving. Um, and so I really took stock, and I decided to first of all address my addictions with twelve-step programs. That's the first place I started, and then I headed to. Um, learn how to meditate, I decided that I needed clarity. That would be the second thing I would do. And then thirdly, I started journaling a lot. And meanwhile, I was really investigating alternative health. This was quite a while ago, and 30 years ago. And so I, I, uh, you know, alternative health wasn't a real common thing at the time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fairly um, hard to find. Right. Right. Yeah. So I looked around a lot, and the next thing I knew, I... First I saw one person and then another, and I had an amazing remission at the hands of a healer, and I was so intrigued. I could barely wait to learn more about that, and flash forward 25 or 30 years, and here we are. I now teach energy healing. I my, my, Probably the best way to describe me would be as a spiritual teacher. In that transition from lawyer, because I know that is a type, so most people equate that with being a type A personality. Uh, when you first wanted to get into law, what were your preconceived notions about what your life would be, and what was that realization in practicing law that just said, "Wait a minute, when I, I'm not on the right path. What's going on here? I, I just can't do this anymore." Well, I, I was devoted to my dad. He was a lawyer. I wanted to follow in his footsteps. I didn't think of not being a lawyer really until he passed, and then it, you know, almost the next day I was like, okay, I can stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I, yeah, I wanted very much to please him. I adored him. And um, I think a lot of us pick our field based on something like that, or, or what we think is our cho- chosen career. I've always been glad I, I got my law degree, and I practiced law for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you great, gives you great left brain analytical uh, training, and of course, you you learn a lot about people. And so, I haven't, uh, like your listeners, I, I'm I, I found that no matter what life brings you, make the most of it, and it's there for a reason. You know, spirit has given you that task or that relationship or that experience for a reason. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the stressors of life and illness are related? Oh, absolutely, of course. Of course. Because yeah, you said you had cancer and you were able to be healed uh-huh. through some natural methods. And the illness and spirit, I mean, that can be intertwined at times. Uh, people are now looking at medical science and looking at that. And in reading your book, uh, one of the things that I was looking at was, you know, the forces of darkness and you were talking about addictions and how that, uh, you know, was part of your life too. You know, my own experience was, and this is what I teach, is that we start to split off from feelings we have about ourselves that don't, that don't make us feel good. Right. So, you know, I felt, I'm sure as a small child, that I was doing something wrong. Anyone who's abused always blames themselves. Adults do that too, by the way. Women who are, for example, abused by a partner. Right. Uh, it's very common to blame yourself. So we, we say, well, that makes me not likable, not lovable, not desirable. I will split off from those feelings. I feel shamed by that. And the next thing you know, you don't even know you have this stuff going on in your unconscious. And that's not good because things mm-hmm. we, we split off from ultimately become the elephant in the room and ultimately make us sick. Mm. Wow. And you talk about that in the forces of darkness, about uh, that spirit that creeps into our lives because we are both light and dark. How can we become more light? I I think the tools that I use are are, um, the very best tools that are out there. First of all, meditating. I teach meditation. I urge everybody to learn. That's the single most important thing I ever did for myself. It changed me in more ways than becoming a lawyer. I mean, there's nothing else I have in my toolbox that's as good as my meditation tool. And if you're doing it occasionally, you're not meditating. Meditating is something that must be done every day. It's um, it's like sleeping or eating. You can't skip it. And and so I encourage your listeners to to really examine their own practice. And if it's sporadic, if it's once a week or twice a week or something, they probably need to revisit it and get a new technique. And Mm -hmm. if they think they need a new technique... Uh, they shouldn't hesitate to swing over to my website and and uh, check out my download where I teach meditation. Wow. Another super important tool that, you know, I recommend if you've got some kind of an addiction, go to a 12-step program. Don't wait. Run to your nearest 12-step meeting, whether it's food or alcohol or uh, shopping or whatever, you know. Um, addictions are rampant and most of us have, you know, one or more, and a group a group is one of the best ways to address it. Mm-hmm. Alcohol, drugs, and things we do to medicate ourselves on our dark side affect our chakras. How is that? Well, everything affects our chakras because our chakras are powered by emotion. 
Right. So that everything that affects your body is going to affect your emotions. You know, if you overeat or overdrink, you know how it makes you, like, depressed and sleepy and things like that. Well, your emotions affect your body, too. So your chakras, which are energy centers in your personal energy field, actually are powered by your emotions. So they're constantly shifting. And my um, free chakra chart, again, is available off my website. It's a really handy thing that you can download. How much does intuition, because we've all been in business and lifestyle situations where we can walk in a room and something does not quite feel right. What do you uh, teach on that? And how much of our intuition should we be trusting? Because sometimes we can be wrong. And I know that in some of your teachings, you said, hey, you know, I can take this on. I, I, I can handle this. But then again, you, you know, get up with the person and it's like, oh, my heavens, I don't think I can do this. I'm not quite equipped. Well, the more you honor your intuition, the better it will work. Mm-hmm. It's really a muscle. And if you if you don't use it, it will atrophy just like your bicep would or, you know, any any other muscle in your body. Your intuition muscle, muscle is exactly the same. It really needs to be um, exercised. And the more you honor it, the more it will signal to you. It, your body is this amazing um kit that gives you a ton of information. It's just like, you know, an antenna. And so you want to always know when your gut tells you don't go down that alley or don't rent that apartment or don't date that person. (laughs) Yeah, you you want to tune into it. Because I ignored mine for years and I certainly didn't get anywhere doing that. You talk about forgiveness and that's something that we, uh, everybody has a, a problem in doing. Uh, in various areas of their lives, forgiving ourselves. One of the the biggest things is forgiving. But what I found most interesting is your take on that and how you address that. Because, I mean, it's one thing when we read in the Bible that we're supposed to forgive others and forgive ourselves, but it's just so difficult to get that extra baggage off of our minds or our hearts because we just can't let it go. It's one of the most important steps that we have to take, and it's usually self-forgiveness is the real issue. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting that, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, we, Sabrina, most of us think, oh, um, oh, I need to forgive so-and-so. But right. really, it's usually us is the major issue. And this is something I worked a great deal on myself when I was young and uh, trying to recover from cancer. And it's something I've, I teach quite a bit about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm big on it. Did you forgive yourself, and how long did it finally take in that healing process for you? Because you said that you came from abuse, then you were on the fast track to doing the work that you were doing in law, uh, doing what it took to get ahead, and I'm, I'm sure that was like, you know, you're running on adrenaline, but I'm sure you had issues which you had to forgive you. You had to start with yourself before you could actually reach out and help others. How long a process was that for you? You know, I've worked on myself um, my whole life. So it's a never-ending thing. There's never a stopping point where you go, okay, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm uh, I'm baked, I'm cooked. (laughs) Well, it's forever. And so I don't Mm -hmm. think I could answer that question. I know... I, I know after a few years, I could tell I was way out of the cancer zone. I could tell I wasn't the same person at all. And it wasn't just my emotions that I had processed so much of. It was also I changed my eating habits. Remember, I had quit drinking. I mean, there were a lot of things I'd done right mm-hmm. to uh, create a environment of health as opposed to illness. 
I know in the Bible it talks about the Beatitudes of having love, peace, joy, kindness, and and in various religions they have those same uh, virtues, living in the light. And even when we live in the light, with the light-dark pull, there is that falling from grace. And I, I found that chapter to be really intriguing about the falling from grace and how the walking the fine line between living in the life and enlightened and, you know, uh, being pulled into the darkness and then when one falls from grace, how to get back into the flow of living in the light again. We always condemn people who've, you know, fallen from grace, whether they be, you know, a priest or, you know, a religious or political figure. Because when we see that happen in such a public way, or even public within our own communities, or even in our own lives, it could be at work, it could be at school, it could be in our families. What do you think is going on there? Has the darkness taken hold? Is that what that is? Well, you know, I, I talk a lot about that in my new book, Entangled in Darkness. I give a lot of examples of people who are public figures, some people in my own field for that matter, who I've right. rendered anonymous, who went from darkness to light, and then, hey, started to go back down to darkness. We, Any of us have a choice every moment. Every single moment of our day, we are making a choice. Are we going up or are we going down? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have something healthy to eat or are we going to have a Coke? Are we going to take that walk around the block or are we going to sit on the couch and with a bag of chips and watch our you know TV show? We're constantly making choices. Are we going to tell that, quote, little white lie, or are we going to be jealous of our, um, you know, girlfriend? I mean, we're constantly uh, making selections of whether we want to go toward the light or toward the dark. And we we do different things at different points in our lives. We do. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's never, it's usually not a one direction thing. It's usually up, down, flatten out, up, down kind of a deal. You talk about uh, keeping your psyche in the light and living in the light. And you do mention nutrition, sleep, nature, meditation, companionship, oh. and whatnot. You yeah. mentioned those seven steps. And you also uh, mentioned looking out Inside ourselves, but also you mentioned acknowledging the darkness within our own lives as a part of coming into the light. Can you explain that? Well, we can't pretend we don't have our own. Um, you know, we like to look out at the world and we go, "Oh my God, look at that terrorist! Look at that terrible terrorism in the Middle East!" And we think it has nothing to do with us. That's actually not the case. Actually, every one of us has a certain amount of darkness. And if we're sending out a ripple of darkness, we're definitely part of the darkness we see outside of ourselves. So it's not just uh, out there, it's also inside. Wow, that's powerful. When we look outside ourselves, I believe that's part of healing. And I I know you mentioned that um, in uh, keeping our our, uh, light shining brightly. To look outside ourselves, help other people to look and see how we can become a better person so we could serve our fellow man or woman. <laughs> and um, we we don't take that into consideration many times. We're into our own problems and our own lives. We're not looking um, as much outside ourselves as we should. How is that healing for you? Because now that you are a healer, before you were in the court helping people legally, 
now you're a healer and you're looking outside yourself. What are some of the wonderful things you've learned? Because I'm sure as you're giving to other people in healing, you're getting something in return. That's true. I'm just sitting here thinking about this for a second. It's a good question. You know, it's a constant energy exchange. That's the interesting thing about my field, which is energy healing, is we're in a constant dynamic interplay of exchange, and it's not something that is fixed, so I can't tell you how it works because it's different each time and with each individual. (laughs) So there is no – pretty interesting, um, isn't it, Sabrina? There's no fixed – uh, formula. This can't be formulized. Mm-hmm. Right. This has been great, and I wanted to give you the floor because you have your Deborah King Center and your website, and I want you to tell us about some things we can find over there and where we can find you, where you'll be traveling, and uh, what you like us to know. Well, let's see. There are a couple things I'd like for you to know. One is I've got a new book coming out here just, you know, in the next 10 days called Entangled in Darkness. It has a companion course that I'm really jazzed about called Seeking the Light. And mm-hmm. you can pick up the course and get the book for free, which I think is a bang-up idea. My, my publisher came up with that. So Hay House is my publisher, and you can go to hayhouse.com and grab Seeking the Light. It's an online um, it's a live online event, four-part series. Wow, I'm really okay. jazzed about it. Starts starts real soon, and um, I hope people will grab a seat so they don't run out before they ran out of bandwidth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, you, that they ship the book to you for free. You can also pick it up off my website at DebraKingCenter.com. You can pick up um, Seeking the Light. It's really easy to spot. I got this. I chose her, this gorgeous woman with this mysterious kind of a mauve veil around her face. She's pretty pretty jazzy looking, pretty mysterious looking. And I think she, to me, symbolizes that is she in the light or is she in the dark, you know? None of us are sure, are we? And we vacillate, as I said. We go back and forth all the time. So I hope all your listeners will come check out my uh, website, DebraKingCenter.com. Plenty of free resources there. A ton of stuff available. Um, I have a great chakra quiz right on my home page that everybody will want to take to see what's going on with their chakras. It's a really fun quiz. There's one other thing on my website I want to tell you about, which is you can come to my website and take uh, your Ayurvedic profile. So I have a quiz right on my home page. It's really fun. I I had a lot of fun writing it, and uh, I, I hope that everybody will come take it and find out what is your type. Are you... The Bata air quality dominating tend to anxiety type, or are you the more the the Pitta type with lots of heat and more inclined if things are askew to be angry, or are you more the Kapha type, more inclined to be heavy and depressed when um, you when you're not quite balanced? So I think everybody ought to find out what their Ayurvedic profile is, and, and that again is another. A uh, fun, free thing I have on my homepage, DebraKingCenter.com. Awesome. In nature, you speak about that. And when I was reading about your your life, your story, and how you were able to heal, you're mentioning the power of nature in healing. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, we've all forgotten that we're very connected to Mother Nature. We've gotten um, 
so cemented over, you know, the world's become, the Earth's become like a parking lot almost. And we forget how important our connection to the Earth is, to the, the actual dirt and the trees and the stars. And, you know, and I'm constantly urging people to get outside and take a fresh breath and walk around a little bit. Um, you know, it only takes a moment, but uh, it's, it's a really important thing to do. You talk about the epidemic of loneliness in our culture, companionship being vitally important. Um, I think that even when we do have all these electronic devices, um, many people can use that as a substitute, but face-to-face being with and around people, even if it's not a major group, can be healing. I find that they're very connecting. So I want people to feel connected to their friends, to the world, to the news, to one another, to people in Afghanistan. We're all one. And the nice thing about technology is, uh, you know, it, it makes it come true. So I'm I'm a big fan of technology. I do tell people, you've got to turn everything off an hour before you intend to go to sleep. You can't okay. sit in front of a screen. You cannot sit in front of a screen and then expect your nervous system to settle down in five minutes. So if you want to go to sleep at 10, you got to turn everything off at 9. Wow. So it takes an hour for us to really settle into getting that really warm sleep and right you know. so the nervous system so you know i go to bed read a book for you know, 45 minutes and you'll just drop off wonderful will you be touring traveling will we be seeing you uh signing your books anywhere and will that be on no, your absolutely where uh, yeah no of course um i'm headed to the east coast here in about three weeks mm-hmm. um and um you know, doing a doing a launch out here at Agape actually for the people who are in the Los Angeles area. Wow, that's um, great. I'll be at, I'll be at Agape, uh, Agape here, which is such a great place to to be. A little bit later this month on a Wednesday, the 25th, and then again I'm doing a workshop there after the services on Sunday, the 29th, and then I'm headed to the East Coast for a week, uh, and I'll be in. Um, Philadelphia and St. Pete's and uh, doing a um, kind of a, a little bit of a book launch at the Open Center. I had a question that came to mind that why are some people, uh, they're able to really be in the light. People can feel it and they can feel that energy around certain people and not others. What is that about? Well, we're all composed of energy vibrating at a certain frequency and higher vibrations to us make us feel happy and we want to be around those people and lower vibrations make us feel unsafe or perhaps depressed or not wanting to be around those people Mm. unless we're seeking to go down ourselves unless we're thinking about behavior and in a mood where we want to lower our vibration which is of course is terribly stupid but we've all done it on occasion Mm -hmm. so that's what that's all about we can actually sense it very intentional it's not always the holy person or the person in church or, I mean, it could be anyone with a oh, high vibration. Yeah. 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 So people think it's just the holy people at church, you know. Yeah. Forget that idea. I love this oh, book. Oh, that's really nice of you to say, Sabrina. I appreciate that. It was, a, and, uh, it was my, I always try to make my books really entertaining. I love that you've been able to heal in uh, various areas of your life uh-huh. and come through those addictions. And talk uh-huh. about the abuse because I know that that, you know that part of you and, you know, getting to your healing is going to help so many 
millions uh, all over the place. So I just really it thank does you so because much. it gives people gives people permission to do the same. Well, thank you so much. All right, thank you for having me.